Hey there, true listeners. This is Kyle from the Longbox Cast, and you're listening to another great Four Ride Radio podcast. For more great shows, check out fourrideradio.com. And while you're at it, check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash longboxcast. Hey, 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 It's the Ranger Command Power Hour. It's morphing time! Ha! Today on the Power Hour, Episode 80, Ranger Nation interview, Jason Bischoff, recorded on November 8th, 2016. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. Some Ranger up with your hosts, I'm Eric, also known as TrekkieB47. Today I'm interviewing Jason Bischoff, Director of Global Consumer Products for Power Rangers and Saban Brands. Lately, you may have seen him at Power Morphicon, hosting the Saban Brands Toys and Collectibles Power Hour panel or at New York Comic-Con. Welcome to Ranger Command Power Hour, Jason. Oh, thanks very much, Eric. It's uh, totally an honor to be here. Great, and it's awesome to have you here as well. It was great meeting you at Power Morphicon in August. So I wanted to ask you, have you been to any other Power Ranger-specific conventions before Power Morphicon? You know, it's a great question. And again, just to your credit earlier, thank you again for hanging out at Power Morphicon. I know it was kind of funny chatting for uh, a few weeks ahead of time and getting to know one another and through Twitter. And then it's, uh, it's another thing entirely to kind of be face-to-face with one another. So you were so gracious and we had a couple other friends there. Super cool, super welcoming. So thanks for that. And also thanks again for the opportunity today that we can get together and hang out. So to answer your question more specifically about uh, have I been to other Ranger conventions, I haven't. Aside from going to previous years of Power Morphicon, unfortunately, I've never had an opportunity to go to things like Ranger Stop. It's certainly on my, my short list of things to do, but unfortunately, I've never traveled so far as to enjoy those conventions. But they look super rad, and again, something I'd love to do in the future. Nice. And how was Power Morphicon overall for you? You know, it was kind of a trip uh, in, <laughs> in the best way. So, <laughs> like I said, I've been there numerous times. I think this time around was maybe my third or fourth time having gone to the convention. Each time it offered something unique. It was so fun to see the show in and of itself grow. Certainly this year was the biggest it had ever been. And mm-hmm. I think that overall, what it meant to me was just this complete transitionary moment in time. You know, uh, not two years ago, I was in a completely different job, arguably living in a completely different place. And to be here and now at this show in 2016, at what is arguably uh, an incredibly important time for the franchise, not only with the announcement of Ninja Seal, but also with the upcoming film. It's just like, it's the perfect juxtaposition of all this wonderful, cool stuff that's happening in the Power Rangers fandom. And for me to kind of take a leap at it from the professional end of things for the first time, it's just, mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm overwhelmed in the best possible way. And I'm, and I'm so humbled to be here this moment in time, giving something back to a franchise I've loved my whole life. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and that's something I also wanted to ask. How long have you been a fan of Power Rangers? Since the beginning, right? Well, yeah. And the way I like to say it is probably even like a couple months before the beginning. I don't know if you recall, but in 93, we were kind of coming off hard of Jurassic Park nostalgia. Oh, yeah. a lot of love there. You know, and, and I mean, I must have owned just about every single Jurassic Park t-shirt <laughs> uh, under the sun, including this black one that had a really great raptor on it. And then uh, the skeleton of the raptor would glow in the dark. But the reason I bring that up is I was a big, big Jurassic Park fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, compounded by the fact that I've been a, a superhero fan my entire life, specifically Batman, which I've, I've carried Batman with me since probably some of my earliest memories date back to Batman. But that being said, in, in sort of that summer of 93, I distinctly recall walking into a Toys R Us to look at 
Jurassic Park stuff in hopes of maybe finding the van, if you remember the van from that first film, yes. which they had turned into this like total assault vehicle, even though it was only a tour vehicle. But <laughs> I was going in there to look for that, and I happened to stumble across the very first 8-inch triangular box Rangers. And I remember picking up the Red Ranger and seeing, well, first and foremost, that he was a T-Rex guy. Right, uh-huh. for lack of better knowledge, because there was no show at that point, right? right. So there was a red guy in a T Rex motif, which I thought was super cool because there were no other dinosaur superheroes out there, period, mm-hmm. which kind of was like this boggling moment for me. And then on top of that, his name was Jason. So it was like this complete <laughs> convergence of, oh my gosh, I've got, like, this is meant for me. Like, this is, it's got all the cool stuff that I love superheroes and Jurassic Park, specifically, and dinosaurs. And the guy is named after me. And I, I remember spending the cash that I had in my pocket for that. Jurassic Park tour vehicle on that first purchase. And I'll, I'll tell you, I haven't stopped buying since. So I've been there just about since the earliest, earliest days of the franchise. That's awesome. So working at Saban Brands, I mean, come on, that's a dream come true. <laughs> well, yeah, certainly. I mean, it's like this moment of disbelief for me. And I'm so thrilled and so humbled to be here. I honestly never thought that I would find myself here. Not for lack of interest, just simply because I didn't think that, you know, career-wise, that's how things would ultimately pan out. Right. Um, I had had a pretty industrious career over at Blizzard Entertainment for the better part of a decade. I had had a pretty substantial year last year. But it's interesting. The one story that I like to tell close friends and family is that New Year's last year, I distinctly recall turning to my wife on New Year's evening and we were toasting in the new year. I just kind of looked at her and, and this year it marked the 10th anniversary of my dad's passing, which mm-hmm. is important just because the first year when my dad passed, I was young. I was about 23 at the time. And that led to some very important decisions in my life, not the least of which was living a year of fearlessness. And mm-hmm. that led me to taking a job interview with Blizzard. It led me to taking a blind date uh, with my wife, which obviously paid out. And it was just this, like really what was otherwise a very hard and dark year to get through. Mm-hmm. Um, that commitment coming out of a hard place like that really, really transformed my life. And so it's interesting because, like I said earlier, to the tune of this past New Year's, we had a very similar moment where I turned to Kim and I said, you know what? It's been Kim's my wife, by the way. I turned to Kim and I said, it's been 10 years and I feel like I need to live another year of fearlessness. And lo and behold, as they would have it, about a week and a half later, I got a cold call from Savon Brand. was not expecting it, was not looking for another job. Mm-hmm. And here we are, right? Zordon called and I answered. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So I have to ask, what is a typical day in the life for a director of global consumer products Power Rangers and Saban brands. Yeah, I know. It's, and thank you so much for being so kind with the mouthful of, uh, of titling there. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing. So what, what's a typical day look like? First and foremost, more than anything else, there's not enough time in a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably like the underlying theme for me. Um, certainly over the last eight months, there's just not enough time in the day, period. But what, where is that time going and, and how is it occupied? It's pretty simple. More often than not, we're going to have any number of daily meetings, everything from marketing to consume like the actual consumer product team meeting, maybe even meeting with production to go over a num- number of initiatives, everything from, you know, what's going on in regard to the movie to planning for next year with Ninja Steel and the subsequent Ninja Steel uh, second season. So it, it can be anything, really. It's a hodgepodge of stuff. More more often than not, it's strategic in nature. Or when it's not strategic and we're, we're talking to any number of these groups, we're soliciting new business. So we're working with new teams that are out there doing all sorts of different licensed products that maybe we don't have in our career catalog today, and we're simply attempting to not only sell them on the business, but uh, but shepherd them into the greater business and into the, the broader family of partners that we've got that do any number of new things that we've got coming out for 2017 and beyond. So 
I know I'm getting a little long-winded here, but basically what what's a typical day look like every day is completely atypical and it's completely different and completely new. And we're doing our very best to stay above water because there's a lot to focus on. So it's bringing yeah. in new stuff, it's shepherding the existing stuff that exists and then planning for the future. Speaking of shepherding the old stuff, you tweeted the other day that you found the mega ship and had it uncrated. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. wow. I didn't even know some of that stuff still existed, to be honest. Yeah, and let me kind of fill in the listeners because they may or may not know contextually what's going on here. So I had an opportunity last week to dive into our prop and costume warehouse, which as of this moment in time is still being cataloged. You know, there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a great volume of material out there. And you can imagine over 23 years of doing this show, there's a lot of stuff, period, that's just kind of hanging out. Yeah. Um, in a climate-controlled environment. So we had a, a small but elite team cruise out there last week, which included uh, Melissa Flores, who is one of our heads of production for Rangers, uh, as well as a gentleman named Edgar Patson, who I've mentioned both of them in previous Blue Comics panels that we've had. They're key partners of mine over here, and they're just awesome, awesome folks. And basically, we took off the day and, and went out there and did our very best to start cataloging what's in the archive. Now, to be clear, it wasn't just for the sake of, you know, let's look through cool stuff and, and geek out and take pictures. Instead, it was really in the spirit of, hey, we've got this upcoming 25th anniversary in 2018. How do we leverage what we've got in the archive and really just blow it out over the top? So one of the things, is, as your audience may or may not know, uh, that we're working on is the Inside Edition's completely visual history of Power Rangers. Yes. And our hope was that, you know, we really want to get into behind-the-scenes archival kind of stuff and show people what it is that they're desperate to see. And lo and behold, there's a lot of great, great stuff in the archive that remains preserved um, to a great capacity. So I know that was a long-winded tee-up. Basically, I uh, am a huge fan of Power Rangers in space. It's arguably my favorite season. Uh, as we were uncreating things, I completely caught unawares, but I opened a crate, and lo and behold, it was the hero Astro Mega ship um, in front of me. And I would say it was 90% complete. Just needed a little bit of glue to fix the tail fins there. But man, it was straight out of the show. Every Every nook, cranny, airbrush, it's perfect. It's, oh, man. It was almost a religious moment. I honestly almost uh, almost passed out. It's like seeing something real, you yeah. know, like something that's lived in your imagination for decades and seeing it in person and remembering what it was like to see that thing cruise up on the screen in transitionary moments or just imagine it being on that ship. It was, it was a powerful, <laughs> cool, complete moment. Like it was like a bookended moment of my life. It was really, really great. That's amazing. So sprinkled throughout, I'm going to ask some of our listener questions that our listeners submitted. One of them is from my friend Chris over at Toku Nation. And he said that you were relatively in the shadows, so to speak, until a few months ago and have since become intentionally or not the spokesperson for Saban Brands in the realm of Power Rangers merchandise. So what has the transition been like for you to go from Jason Bischoff to Jason from Saban in regards to the fandom? <laughs> you know, it's a super fair question. I love Toku Chris for asking it. To Chris's question specifically, you know, intentional or not, yeah, I'm definitely throwing myself out there, not for any reason of trying to draw attention, but rather there's a lot that needs to be done. And we want the community to be a part of it and to feel like they're engaged and they're well-informed. You know, we're going into a really important year next year, and I want to make sure that everybody's not only up to 
see that they're excited and they're supporting in the ways that we need them to support. I don't know about taking on an additional title of being any sort of formal spokesperson, at least on the merchant of things, but I can basically say that I'm walking into a space where there are some really incredible uh, mentor figures, Mm -hmm. um, not the least of which is a gentleman named Greg from Bondi, of you who know who I'm speaking about. Greg has done this masterful job over the last three years or so, speaking on behalf of Bondi and and also speaking on behalf of the fandom. So walking into a space where there's just like a a titan in that respect, Uh I'm leading the way. It was easy to jump in and and try and pitch in as much as I could. Greg has since transitioned um, into a new role. Some of you may have seen that announcement just a couple weeks ago. But again, following in the footsteps from the great like that. It's, it's an honor and a privilege. And respectively, it's also a huge, huge honor that Bond would let me play in the pool a little bit and reconnect with my roots, right? Because I'm from the fandom and I know where people are, are spending their time and, and the kinds of things that they want to know. And I'm just hoping to kind of reduce the amount of uh, speculation and just get better information out there. Excellent. So moving on to a bit of the, the licensing portion, from concept to final release, how long is a typical product in development? You know, I think a lot of people would be surprised. Under an appropriate schedule, we <laughs> should be talking about 10 to 14 months for the development of any one item. That's inclusive of everything from strategy to creative to gulp and production, um, engineering, and ultimately shipping an item. Under a healthy schedule, that would be about 14 months. But the toy industry in whole and knowing how dynamic and quick moving things like Power Rangers is, we tend to operate on a schedule that's a little bit more like, I want to say, a 10-month cycle mm-hmm. on, on anything. So some things that are a little bit lower hanging fruit, like a printed item, can be as short as a number of weeks, like our Boom Comics series. You know, we can really develop something up until the last minute and then get it out on shelves within three, four weeks. Mm-hmm. But if you're talking about a hard plastic item, like any one of our toys, usually you're, you're looking at about 10 to 12 months. Okay. And your time at Saban Brands, so far, what has been your favorite project or achievement today to work on? Oh, that's such an unfair question. Um, <laughs> it really is like choosing between your children. Uh-huh. Um, wow. That's rough. Okay, so I'll, I'll say it. I think just as a pure fan for a second, mm-hmm. I'm really, really geeked up and excited about our comic series. They're boom. I think they're doing a masterful job of taking uh, the core tenets of MMPR and really translating it into something that's interesting and kind of has a PG-13 flair. Not that I have any sort of hard influence over that stuff. I mean, I'm involved, but really, again, so much of it comes down to Melissa and Edgar and mm-hmm. a little bit of periphery involvement with myself. But really, I just have to shine a light on the talent and the editorial team. So Kyle Higgins is just killing, killing every single script. Henry is a beast of an artist, and we're, we're very fortunate to have him. Um, and then the editorial staff over at Boom, like, uh, like Daphna and Alex. It's an incredible project. So just from the sidelines, I, I really, really love that series, and I look forward to every single issue. But in terms of the actual stuff that I'm working on today, the Bondi piece of it, I don't entirely own. I mean, mm-hmm. it's sort of shared, owned with uh, a couple other folks. It's one of the bigger businesses, obviously, that we've got here. I get to influence, obviously, and I'm very excited about some of the upcoming legacy items that we've got in the pipeline and none of which I can uh, reveal today unfortunately sure but I'm super geeked up and I'm ready to see some of that stuff but hmm, in terms of actual stuff that I can speak about what is this podcast coming out this Saturday this Saturday okay yeah. so I'm going to have to pick and choose my battles here, but sure. um, I've got some really great friends over at Funko. I think Funko is just doing a really, really wonderful job of doing some really exciting new stuff. I know some people have seen some of the new pop items that we revealed at Power Morphicon. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more coming on top of all of that. You can expect some new news in just a week or so here. So I'm just really excited to kind of get into that space where Funko does the best in doing that, that stylized execution on a much bigger piece of, of our Power Rangers history. I think people are going to go. Not for that. Excellent. But I don't know, man. Again, it's, it's like impossible <laughs> to choose. 
it's impossible to choose what I love. And, and I mean, I could spend just as much time talking about our brand new SN Studio statues or anything else. But yeah, it's all cool. It's all, it's all exciting. Excellent. So we had one of our listeners, Tyler Waldman, at RSF on Twitter. He asked, there's been a recent rumor that licensors are being pushed to stick to MMPR slash Ninja Steel. Is that true? And if so, why? Oh, interesting. Well, um, hey, Tyler. So relative to MMPR and Ninja Steel, I mean, it kind of depends. It really depends on which uh, licensee we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, no surprise, next year we're going to be heading into Power Rangers film territory. The movie is all Mighty Morphin based. I mean, we're dealing with all of the original Mighty Morphin characters, Jason, Zach, Trini, Billy, Kimberly, Rita, obviously, and, and then more recently announced Goldar and Putty. So no surprise because the movie is right. this new spin on MMPR. There's a whole kind of retro classic spin that we can explore with MMPR. And for as much as I'm a huge fan of so many of our other subsequent seasons, Mighty Morphin still remains as the definitive like, zeitgeist version of Power Rangers. Like, mm-hmm. Most of the folks that are roughly our age that grew up with the series or who potentially have kids these days, they remember Mighty Morphin as the version of Power Rangers. So uh, it's not so much that we are moving away from supporting any one of the other 23 seasons or so. I think it's just that we have to be very careful about what we focus on for next year because there's going to be so much Power Rangers stuff. Oh, yeah. So the movie will be one statement in of itself. Ninja Steel, obviously, which is going to be hitting screen in Q1 next year. Those are already two very important versions of Rangers and without confusing the message just becomes about, hey, strategically, what do we focus on? Let's do a classic Mighty Morphin play um, and do a lot of products around that because that's what a lot of people are going to be excited about coming out of film. Um, But don't worry. That's the best advice that I can offer. Simply do not worry about us supporting subsequent seasons of Power Rangers. I mean, you're already seeing it now in the Legacy Figure Collection. Yep. We're going to be getting things very aggressive about supporting and going all over the map with that and really having some fun and getting into some teams that maybe people aren't expecting. So don't worry. There's going to be lots of different flavors of Power Rangers for next year. Some of the bigger beats will be the ones we just talked about, but um, we are really doing our very best to balance the equation and getting some interesting spaces, particularly with the Legacy Collection, which I know is of prime interest to everybody. Oh yeah, and, and we'll get to that in a short bit. And then his other question was, to what extent do you take notes from other brands like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Transformers that have also reinvented themselves over the years? Yeah, that's a very big and broad question, right? You can take it apart in different ways. Everything from creative and production to consumer products on, on my end of the spectrum, certainly we look at the competitive landscape. And and we're definitely auditing those folks for all of their successes and, and certainly all of their failures. There's also a very healthy sports attitude uh, towards some of these brands, right? Mm-hmm. For as much as we love and celebrate them and, and certainly grew up with them. On the same token, we want to see Rangers thrive uh, and in some cases surpass things like Ninja Turtles and Transformers. So, you know, we're very carefully monitoring what they're doing and how they're doing it and who they're doing it with. And then we're just trying to make the very best decisions by us. Um, yeah. What makes sense for us as a brand? What are the things that differentiate us and make us special for that end fan? So how do we just keep ourselves fresh as compared to everything else out there? We're just being very strategic about it. And we do everything from going in stores and constantly combing the aisles and buying samples and bringing them in for discussion to paying close attention to their marketing campaigns and also fan chatter, right? We are a business for as much as we are a dream factory making cool stuff. On the same token, we have to be very mindful of who else is out there and, and again, how they're doing it. So, yeah, we're very careful about it. And we do everything from getting out there on the streets to spending a lot of time in think tanks about how we do better. You mentioned fan chatter. So I want to move to the fandom interaction questions. How important is 
fan feedback to you? I think it's extremely important. We're one body collectively as a fandom. And I really mean that because having come from the fandom, I know what it's like to not be heard. And having been a fan of so many other things, I know what it's like to not be heard. So I view the fandom as, as one body, right? If we are, if we're hitting a nerve in a way that negatively impacts the fandom and they're hurting over it, that's definitely something that I want to hear. On the same token, we have to be careful. We have to be very mindful of, are we getting false negatives in terms of fan feedback? Or is, are these issues smaller than they may look? Mm-hmm. To kind of attack the heart of that question, the most important thing that we have are fans, period. Right. If there were no fans of Power Rangers, I mean, I certainly wouldn't be here. Right. And if there were no uh, predecessors that had, had been paying attention to what was happening, whether at the store level or at the fan level or whatnot, I don't think any of us would be here. So it's a very careful thing. It's a very precious thing that I have to be wary of, very mindful of, and honestly, very protective of. Like I said earlier, I'm, I'm so humbled that folks would just reach out on Twitter and, and ask, you know, their, their very intimate questions, the, the things that they want to know. And so just to play it straight, the things that the fandom feedback is critical. And, you know, we're trying to do our very best to integrate that feedback into initiatives like RangerNation.com where fans will actually be able to participate and, you know, hopefully in the long view, vote for things and, and, and be a part of the mission statement, to actually be a part of the contributing community that's helping to grow this thing into something new. So uh, critically important, I'm one vehicle to get some of that information to, but uh, we are trying to build better avenues for other people to participate. Yeah, and speaking of RangerNation.com, since, you know, in the past couple weeks, it's launched some movie products uh, have been announced through there. What else can you tell us about the launch upcoming and and maybe the next few weeks? First and foremost, if you haven't already peeped the site, now's the time to do it. So it's very simple. It's just rangernation.com. Right now, you're going to see a scrolling menu of different highlighted items, basically revealed, centered around the film. But in the next couple weeks, you're going to see the site grow to include some uh, much bigger community features. And it's going to actually look like the version of Ranger Nation that we've been talking about since Power Morphic Cons. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't get into the specifics on timing, and unfortunately, I can't get into the specifics on feature at this time. But the one thing I do want to kind of put out there, uh, because I know that there's been a lot of chatter one way or another, Ranger Nation is not meant to be directly competitive with anything that's already out in the Rangerverse, right? right. Um, so many fans, e- even some of the members of our powerful force, for example, have done just a-, a masterful job of creating places where fans can aggregate and directly contribute to content in their own way through their own medium. And I know that there's been a little bit of uncertainty, which has led to some fear and concern on the, on the part of the community as to what's going to be, what is Ranger Nation. But I just kind of want to lay it plain and let everybody know that uh, Ranger Nation is not meant in any way to be directly competitive to what's already out there. And I think what you're going to find very quickly here in the next couple of weeks is that it is supposed to be additive. It is supposed to be this really careful aggregation of content that's already out there, whether it be official content or fan content. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's basically going to be, how would I describe it? It's kind of like a place that you can go at any one time during the day and check out what's happening across the Power Rangers like multiverse, right? Like whether it be fan or official or otherwise. It's sort of a place that you can go to check everything. And what's lovely about this site, and this is probably the part that's going to quell a lot of concerns, is that it's really only a glance at everything. But if you're to touch any one of those individual articles or click through, it goes to the direct source. So if I'm a MMPR Toys on YouTube, I wouldn't worry about 
my latest toy review, it may be highlighted on Ranger Nation, but ultimately I'm going to get credit for that click or that like or somebody who's going to come and check out my content. So not to worry, fans, um, Ranger Nation, as far as we've envisioned it to date, it is going to be um, additive and, and an aggregation, not meant to be anything that's competitive to what's already out there. All right, excellent. I think that's going to quiet down some fears, hopefully open up to some better discussion. So now we're moving on strictly to all listener questions. First, uh, ZioRed93 on Twitter said, what advice would you have for someone who would love to work with Power Rangers? Awesome question. So the the true answer here is work on everything but. Uh, And what I mean by that is some of the best advice I ever got in high school was think about where it is that you want to be, right, Mm -hmm. career-wise. Imagine that as the center of a target. The only way to hit that bullseye is not to just fire once and expect to hit it. That happens just about never. But the, the best thing that you can do is at least fire towards the target and attempt to refine your aim and work towards the center. So anybody that wants to work on Power Rangers, what I would highly encourage you to do, first and foremost, just get into the entertainment industry or or get into the consumer products industry. Learn the tenets, learn the basics, learn the language, and and then ultimately take those experiences and start making decisions and sidestepping and, and ultimately refining your aim to work towards the center. So that's kind of been my experience. And and I want to let everybody know, I, you know, I, I wasn't, to my knowledge, I won't wasn't born in a lab and kind of stood out <laughs> in, into the middle of Savon Brand's hallway, right? I've had a, about a 12, 13 year career so far mm-hmm. um, that has found me here, right? I started straight out of college. I started working for a company called Playmate Boys. You might know Playmates as, oh, yeah. as a longtime home of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I started basically at the, at the low rung of, of the spectrum there and worked my way up through three and a half years. I worked on everything, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Disney Fairies, Strawberry Shortcake, uh, you name it. Anything that was flowing through the studio during that time, I was touching it in any way that I could. That ultimately transitioned me into a role over at Blizzard, where I was there for about eight and a half, just over eight and a half years. And again, really diversified my skill set and really deep diving into what it takes to create content, what it takes to plan and strategize against that content, and ultimately what it takes to build products against that vision. And then again, now found myself in the opportunity of working on Power Rangers. So long story short, do everything but and work work your way center. Nice advice. So Tokyo Zawordo said, any plans on expanding the Mega Collection to previous seasons before Samurai? And that's more on the toy side. So interesting question. The Mega Collection, as you guys may or may not know, started just a couple of years ago. It's essentially meant to be like a back catalog of previous Power Rangers items that you can still find in, in regular rotation. Um, more often than not, at a slightly better price. The Mega Collection tends to be a retailer exclusive. I think historically it's lived in Toys R Us, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So going before Samurai, it's a little bit of a challenge. And the reason why it's a challenge is that, don't forget, faithful listeners, that we didn't own Power Rangers for a number of years, right? We had it all the way up till about, if I'm not mistaken, Ninja Storm. Mm-hmm. Is that, that's right, Eric. Right? Yeah, we yeah. had it until Ninja Storm. Yeah. And then Disney took over for a handful of years, and then we repurchased it just before Samurai. Samurai was actually the launch of what many fans call the neo Savon years. Right. So because of that, because Samurai, I mean, don't forget, Samurai is already 
handful of years old. Yeah, it's already uh, so they're, they're five years, yeah. Unreal, right? It's so weird. I feel like I was just watching them dubstep uh, <laughs> and, and do that damn thing. Anyway, so the Mega Collection was started to be kind of this backtrack program, but not a lot of tooling survives the prior tenant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's not a lot of opportunity for us to go back to the original mold pre-Samurai for the Mega Collection. But I can say that we are looking to expand Mega Collection. I just can't get into the specifics at this time. But you can expect to hopefully see some previous season stuff in support of the 25th anniversary, either sold in, under the Mega Collection banner or at least in the spirit of the Mega Collection banner. And that's all I have to say on that. All right. At Power Rangers AU said, will the Legacy Shogun Zord be released anytime soon? And also we need some Power Rangers pens and stationery. <laughs> cool. So Legacy Shogun Zord sounds like that's where people want to go next. Um, I ran a poll on Twitter, I don't know, maybe a month ago that asked people what they wanted to see next in terms of the Legacy Zord line. Uh, and overwhelmingly, uh, people wanted to see Shogun. To your point earlier, how important is fan feedback? It's very important. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to kind of leave it at that. But we just completed the Ninja Megazord, which looks awesome for this year. It's getting a lot of high praise. You know, the question mark is, what's next in line? And to me, that seems like a pretty compelling option, but <laughs> I can't confirm or deny it at this time. All right. Um, in regards to Power Rangers pen and, as uh, you said, pens and... Stationary, stuff, yeah. Yeah, so there's actually quite a bit of that coming out, um, especially around uh, next spring. So I can tell you that our good friends at Funko have a number of like pens and pen toppers, or it might be pencils and, pens and pencil toppers coming out. They're already doing stuff like that with some other brands. We're going to be plugging and playing into programs like that. Uh, we also have a number of notebooks coming out um, around back school timing. So there's going to be lots of stuff for you to write on, and there's going to be lots of stuff for you to write with. And for the folks that can't wait until then, I would highly encourage you to check out I Am 8-Bit Collection, which just popped uh, last week, I believe. They already have a Power Rangers-themed set of colored pencils, so check those out. Yeah, that kind of came out of nowhere. It was like, all of a sudden, boom, here's all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the I'm a Fit crew, very cool, uh, and they definitely like to roll with that big reveal. You know, we've been working with them for a number of months now, and no surprise, I mean, they're a local gallery here. They're very focused on art and making a big statement, and uh, the first statement that they wanted to make with Rangers was obviously the, the big vinyl, which was a, a huge announcement for fans of the original soundtrack, and then they've got a collection of other stuff, too, to help compliments. But I'll tell you right now, that is just the start for them. They've got some really, really exciting things happening on the art front that you're just going to have to wait and see um, for our live gallery show next break. Awesome. So the Twitchy Kitten asks, how come we never got the Crayola slash Dino Charge collaboration that was announced before the season started? I was excited to buy stickers and markers and coloring books. You know, it's a really interesting question. This deal, or at least this collection of stuff, certainly predates me. But I will say this has just come up more recently. And Twitchy Kitten, not to worry, you can actually go into Target today. It is actually being sold on shelf right at this very minute. There is a uh, a Color Wonder expansion pack for Dino Charge. So if you go into the Crayola aisle, you should be able to find that as kind of like a booster pack here. I think it's Color Wonder system. So check that out. But as for everything else, I can't really say one way or another simply because it was just, it was just before my time. So sorry about that. All right. At MMPRPRIS said, does Saban own the rights to Mystic Knights of Tirnanog and any chance of getting DVDs released on Amazon or Shout Factory? It's a 
really interesting question. I honestly don't know the answer to it. I would assume we still own Tiernan Nog. <laughs> and I'll tell you right now, I still own three of the original eight-inch figures. They're currently in, in storage, but I don't know about that. But I can certainly check in with our um, distribution team and see if that's something of interest. I do know that our Shout Factory friends have been extremely supportive of mm-hmm. just about everything we've done through the years. So it's, it's always possible. Well, speaking of a Shout, Tyler Waldman again at RCEF said, if DVDs fall into your department, can Saban sublicense the pre-Jew Ranger seasons to Shout? Has Shout shown any interest in doing some of those someday? Word was during the Disney era, the mouse snagged the rights to earlier seasons to keep another company from doing so? Well, to answer your question head on, DVDs don't actually fall under my group purview. That It all falls to a group we call distribution. But in terms of pre-MMPR Super Sentai, we've done some Super Sentai to date, right? You've seen Die Ranger happen through Shout Factory. I think we've done Two Ranger through Shout Factory. And, and if I'm not mistaken, who else did we do? O-Ranger just came out recently. Yeah, O-Ranger. So to answer your question more specifically, again, it falls to a group called distribution. I'm not entirely sure what the plans are, but it is certainly something that's come up for discussion. And I'm pretty hopeful because, you know, we've done pretty well with our existing Super Sentai season. And if there's an opportunity there and the fandom really wants it and they're very vocal about it, uh, you never know. Well, moving on to the Legacy Collection, RoboBoard asked, can we get some answers on solo weapons for the Legacy figures? I need to know whether to get the next wave. Maybe if you could elaborate a little more as to when we could see them or how we would see that. Yeah, so this is a perfect example of fan feedback, super important. I'm right there with you, right? Like, I am a person that definitely cherishes the opportunity to prepose my figures using their signature weapon. And it's a, it's a subject that's certainly come up a number of times between us and, and Bondi as we've been planning for the next few years. I'll tell you right now, it's not my answer to give. It's certainly something that folks are going to have to look to Bondi to get an official answer on, at least for the time being, or until I get a clear okay from the folks over there to kind of let the cat out of the bag. But I can certainly say that we hear you loud and clear, and Bondi hears you loud and clear. I just ran, again, another unofficial poll on, on my Twitter account that was basically asking this very question. What's more important to people? Is it the Build-A-Figure Megazord piece with every Ranger, or is it a signature weapon? And it seemed like the overwhelming response was folks really wanted to see signature weapons. Mm-hmm. So with that in spirit, we are looking at our stock list for uh, for 2017, 2018, and 2019, and uh, that's certainly something we're attempting to think around. And if, and I kind of have to underline and capitalize the word, if we were to pivot in direction and bring in the signature weapon, my hope is that we would be able to backfill the program and find ways to meaningfully bake in things like the Ninja Storm or the Mighty Morphin weapons into future waves of figures where it would make sense. So I'll give you an example, and I'm not saying it's going to happen this way. Mm -hmm. I'm just simply kind of teeing it up with the audience that if we were going to pivot, if, 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 you know, I could easily see a scenario where our upcoming Zeo Gold Ranger would come with Jason's Power Sword, for example, because that makes a lot of sense thematically, and it's kind of a cool tip of the hat and a nod to fans that are in the know and can complete their collection. Nice. So, Long Toys at Long 83 asks, if you could create any legacy item for yourself, what would it be? So hard. Okay. Because <laughs> um, I'm kind of, again, I'm very blessed to be in a position where I can influence some of these decisions. But on the same token, the fandom has to know that I'm very carefully monitoring myself so it's not yeah. inject my own personal interests too much into the stuff. 
I want to be very strategic and very mindful of the bigger audience. But if I could create a legacy item, I mean, you heard a little bit about it at Tower Morphicon this past summer. I'd love to see Psycho Rangers happen uh, yeah. in our in our legacy figure line. I think that's a no-brainer. It'd be so much fun. But kind of focusing on the in-space realm of the spectrum, I would, again, I'm, I'm marrying all these bookends in our conversation, but an Astro Megaship, man, like <laughs> I need, and, and I mean the word need, not want, I need a legacy Astro Megaship in my life. So that would probably be at the top of my list, aside from maybe like a, um, oh God, so much cool stuff that I want. I don't know. Let's just leave it at Astro Megaship for now. All right, cool. Personally, I would love to see that too. It's, I mean, it's a spaceship that turns into a Megazord. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, where could you go? Exactly. So John at the Ageless John said, will we ever get anything Ninjor from the Legacy line? You know, that's a cool question. And again, being entirely transparent, I don't know. Ninjor's kind of one of those really interesting border characters, right? Mm-hmm. Is he? Do we look at him like a figure or do we look at him like a Zord? And that's not to say that Ninjor is Zord by any means. I think we're just sort of up against the expectations of the audience that may have originally purchased Ninjor under the same tenant or at least in the same form factor and box as a Zord. Right. I don't know. To me, I think the thing that probably makes the most sense, and and you guys tell me what you want to see. You know, don't be shy, folks. Reach out to me on Twitter and and you tell me what you want to see. But the thing that that makes the most sense to me is if we were to do, or if we were to continue the Build-A-Figure program with the Legacy line, I could easily see something like maybe Alien Rangers or Ninjetti Rangers being sold with pieces to build a build a figure ninja because he could mm-hmm. be slightly bigger and I don't know. Uh, so if that's something that you guys would want to see, just hit me up. Let me know. Moving on to the future, what are you most excited about with Saban's Power Rangers feature film that's coming up in next March? And what does that mean for the toy line? Wow. Okay. So what am I most excited about? Look, in all seriousness and in all faithfulness, the people that are working on this end take Power Rangers and certainly take the feature film incredibly seriously. Mm-hmm. Not because it's this major focus of our business. I mean, that's just tacit. That's to be expected. Right. Um, we're just taking it very seriously because this is our chance. This is our eight mile, right? This is our mm-hmm. opportunity to really do something new with the fandom, to do something new with the franchise that really excites the world. And for as much as you and I have been holding the torch for the past 23, 24 years, it's time to take that torch and really amplify it. And so what I'm most excited about with the film, aside from having read the script and seen a number of the early trailers and having been on set and seen dailies and all that kind of stuff, what I'm most excited about it is it feels like the best version of Rangers that I've been imagining my whole life. Um, it feels like people are taking it seriously without losing sight of what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And it feels like the people that are involved on all aspects of this business are making the right choices so that we can be looking at not only this first film, but who knows however many number of films after it. And the hope is that we can tell a story that is as compelling, but maybe even a little bit more intimate and a little bit more contemporary than than something like The Lord of the Rings, right? Right. How do we set up an entire mythology? How do we set a long view that's very relatable, that's very small town and very modern, but doesn't lose sight of what it is? And that's probably the prospect that's most exciting about being here at this moment in time, is that it's something new, but it's also something old. And I guess to keep that kind of ad going, it's also something borrowed and it's something blue, right? Like, right, right. Um, it's just, uh, it's, it's really, really special. And, and I'm thrilled that what we're seeing come back 
um, it tickled my funny bone in the best way. So I'm really hoping that what we're feeling now translates to what you're seeing on screen next March. You know, anything could happen between now and then, but I have high hopes in the talent involved on all fronts. As for what you can expect on the consumer products end of the spectrum, here's the thing. Movies are not a big buy. It's a, it's a big moment in time for retailers and new partners and old partners alike. And it's a great opportunity for us to just do things that we wouldn't normally do or we wouldn't or couldn't traditionally do. Movies give us an excuse and they give us really, really awesome retail opportunity to do a whole bunch of great new stuff. So really, my answer there is more than anything, folks, just respectively and lovingly save your pennies because there's going to be a lot of great things that I know that um, people are going to want to grab at. And now's the time to start being mindful of that so that Mm -hmm. when it comes next spring, you don't even have to second guess you've got a little honey pot there that that um, your old pal Jay warned you about and um, <laughs> and uh, and you can just be excited alongside everybody else you know so that's that's my challenge to everybody is just start thinking about what it's going to be like next spring because there's just going to be a huge influx of really really great stuff and and my hope is that you guys can enjoy it and not have to worry about it awesome and then not only in addition to the movie but we also have the 25th anniversary that's coming up in 2018 so it's so excited. Yeah, it's pretty safe to say that this is going to be one of the largest celebrations in the franchise history, right? Uh, I, I think that's pretty safe to say, yeah, for a number of reasons. And our friend uh, Toku Chris asked, Zeo Gold Ranger 2018, Year of the King Ranger, how are the plans going for making the Zeo Gold <laughs> Ranger the face of the franchise in 2018? <laughs> <laughs> um, Toku Chris. Such a hardcore Gold Ranger fan, and I and I truly love it. You know, I've never asked him personally if if he's a huge Jason fan, or if he's just a huge fan of the Gold Ranger design, or if he's just a huge fan of Trey of Triforia. But um, but Toku Chris, I don't know about making Gold Ranger the face of the 25th anniversary. That's not to say that we're even looking at making faces of of the 25th anniversary, but just expect cool things, expect very broad-reaching things that speak to everything from what we've got right now in Dino Charge all the way back to the original Mighty Morphin. Without giving too much away, some of this stuff will be kicking off pretty early, maybe even as early as next year. And yeah, just wait. That's all I can say, man. I'd love to tell you more, Toku Chris, but but Zeo Gold Ranger's awesome. He's like in my top three, top four, but probably not the face of the 25th. Sorry, brother. <laughs> and then finally, from Power Ranger Talk on Twitter, where do you hope to take the franchise in five years? Products, television-wise, or maybe just a personal goal? Cool question. It's a, it's a very big question, and I'm going to do my best to get into the meat potatoes of it without overtreading my responsibility and, and my commitments to this group. I think where I'd personally love to see Power Rangers in five years from now, more than anything, I would love to see it bigger than where it is right at this very moment, right? Mm -hmm. At that point, who knows, five years from now, gosh, we could be talking about a third feature film. Maybe we've already seen the third feature film. There's going to be, what, two, three versions of Power Rangers now and then between Ninja Steel and whatever comes next. So that's really exciting. First and foremost, suffice to say, I just want to see players around and relevant, and I want to see people excited by it. And the aspirational, I would love for it to be even bigger than it is today. And I want it to mean more things to more people. And then beyond that, if I want to be real far reaching, I want to see our Rangers make the full transition from what has perceptively been a children's brand into just a full legit superhero program. Um, And, you know, we're laying the foundation for that stuff 
now. It doesn't start and stop with the movie. I mean, the movie certainly helps and will help us transition into that. But, you know, the kinds of things that we're doing in the Boom Comics series today and growing additional content, ideas around that kind of approach, you know, in five years from now, I'd like to believe. And again, without giving anything away, without hinting at anything, I mean, don't immediately go to Twitter or Facebook or whatever and just write confirmed because there's nothing here to confirm. (laughs) We're simply chatting as friends um, where I would like to see Power Rangers in five years from now. I want it to be a hit movie franchise. I want it to be a hit television um, show around the world. I want to continue to inspire people of all ages, whether you be really young and watching the TV series or simply um, into the films or into the comics or whatever. I just want you to feel like you're welcome. And there's a lot at the table and it feeds you well. And you see Power Rangers in the same light that you see, whether it be Batman or Superman, who have 75 plus year histories behind them. Mm-hmm. I want you to feel like Power Rangers has been around forever and will be around forever. And that is part of my responsibility, part of the responsibility of the people that share these halls with me. We just want to build the absolute best version of it's ever been. And I'm telling you right now, the amount of hours that we put into it every day, I'd like to believe we're going to see it. That's awesome. I really hope that goal continues because I'm a huge fan just like you and you know I've been in it for the same amount of time. And yeah, I want it to be far reaching and long lasting. So for sure. Well, Eric, you have real, real quick, man, I'm going to interrupt you because sure. you've asked me all of these questions, but I haven't asked you one back. Okay. So I feel like I feel like I have to because it's only fair, man. So let me ask you, what was your first experience with Power Rangers? How did you get into the fandom? So I've told this on the show before, but for any new listeners, and of course you don't know, actually the summer of 93, my grandfather on my dad's side passed away and we were living in Georgia. All of my family is up here in the, the Midwest. So my dad made the decision to move us to be closer to my grandmother after my grandfather's passing. So that's when we moved to Illinois. And I started the sixth grade in 93 and I was the new kid on the block and didn't didn't have a lot of friends. I was just in a new place. And all of a sudden I watched this show called Power Rangers and I had seen it, the build up, you know, those commercials before the series aired and premiered. And just like you, I I was coming off that Jurassic Park high and it was like, oh my God, dinosaur superheroes. This is amazing. (laughs) It's amazing how parallel those stories are. Yeah. And I think what really hit it for me was the green with evil arc. Every single kid in my class was talking about it. And I had something to talk with them about. And it really connected me to the other kids in my class. And it made me feel more welcome being the new kid. And I really connected with Tommy Oliver as a character because Tommy Oliver was the new kid at Angel Grove. And I just really connected with his story line. So yeah, that's where I got into Power Rangers. It gave me something to talk about as the new kid at school, helped me connect with friends in the sixth grade. And it also taught me just more about friendship and teamwork. So that's something that I'll I'll never forget for Power Rangers. Interesting. So then on that note, Tommy Oliver, are you a Tommy fan? Is that your favorite Ranger of all time? (laughs) Actually, no. I mean, watching the show for 23 years, there have been some other characters that have surpassed him, but I still like Tommy Oliver's character. I think Dr. O and Dino Thunder is his best version of that character, just because he got to be the mentor role. So yeah, he's definitely in my top five of like Ranger characters. For sure. Okay, you can't just tease that out, though, right? You have to tell me. Like, you have to tell me who your favorite ranger is, 
and I expect I expect a costume answer, and I expect a <laughs> civilian ID answer. Oh, okay, costume answer, hands down, it's Shadow Ranger. Yeah. I, I love Decker Ranger because Decker Ranger got me back into watching Power Rangers, you know, mm-hmm. joining Ranger Board in 2004 and, and that stuff. So, yeah, watching the Sentai and then watching a, an amazing season like SPD, yeah, that suit yeah. kicks and uh favorite character, gosh, uh I'm going to say before Tommy, I, I got to say it's Jason. It's it's Jason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just you know, that iconic Red Ranger. He was a martial artist. He was a jock, but he wasn't like the typical jerk jock. He was helping Billy. So yeah, Jason, Billy, Tommy, those are like my top three for sure. You're going to love the new movie then. The movie okay. <laughs> um, has a lot of love for all of the characters, but especially Jason. So you're going to really get into some some cool stuff with him. I'm going to just counter with you. I'm a huge Mighty Morphin uh, White Ranger fan mm-hmm. in terms of costume, but in terms of Ranger ID, it's all about my boy Zane. I'm a big Zane fan. Nice. Yeah, I saw that video where you had like your Silver Ranger. Uh, you were digging through the, the old uh, toy chest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Well, thank Thank you so much for being on uh, Ranger Command. We'd love to have you back on the show, especially to talk about the new movie after that releases. Oh but- yeah, Eric, this is a this is a huge honor. Like uh, I'm stoked to be a part of today. It's an open invitation. I'd love to be on the show again. And in the meantime, please keep it out, man. As Kevin Smith says, you're doing the Lord's work. And yeah, I'm just stoked that there are folks like you out there doing such great things with your fandom. And at the very least, I can participate in any way that I can. So thank you for the great honor today. Excellent. And where can people contact you to get in touch? I I know you're very active on Twitter, but for those that might not know your handle, plug away on where people can reach you. Yeah, absolutely. So hello, friends of the fandom. So if you're trying to find me online, probably the best way to engage is through Twitter. Um, You can also find me on Instagram, but Twitter is really the focus if you obviously want to be asking questions or want to be participating in some of these upcoming fan polls. So you can check me out at Promethean Work. That's at P-R-O-M-E-T-H-E-A-N-W-O-R-K-S at Twitter. So uh, yeah, at Promethean Work. I'll see you there. Once again, thank you so much, Jason. And yeah, whenever you want to be on the show, we'll be more than happy to have you on. Right on, Eric. Let's rock it. All right. Awesome. <laughs> All right. See you, man. You have a great night. I'll talk to you soon. All right. You do the same. See ya. Let's rock it! You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, only on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphing Grid at www. Dot rangercommand.com Follow us on Twitter at rangercommandph and like us on facebook.com slash rangercommandpowerhour Hour.